You've heard this before, right? Fail fast, fail often. You're going to find out why that is horrible, horrible advice. And the two things that you really need in order to find success, we are back. This is season two, episode 176. It's a real knife fight out there. Showing up is half the battle, but showing up is easier some days than others. Dailyshowup.com is a podcast, a live stream, reminding you to show up, how to show up and why it's important to keep showing up. And now, your host, Narin Persinger. Happy New Year to you. We are back. You are back. It's a new year. There's new goals. There's new resolutions. Did you know that 8% of us, only 8% of us are going to achieve our new year resolutions, the new goals. Uh, stay committed to it throughout the entire year. Only 8% of us, 80% of us are going to fail, are going to give up. Very, very soon, we're going we're gonna to give up on our new year resolution by February, 80% of us. So how do we get into the 8%? Well, keep listening to this episode because I want to help you start right and finish right. We're going to talk about starts and finishes, you'll be hearing three reasons why starting is overrated, why failing is overrated, this idea of fail fast, fail often, why failing is overrated. We'll dive into some data about this and the two things that you really need to focus on if you want success. So first, why starting is overrated. Starting feels good. Doesn't starting feel good? Maybe we are procrastinators. We're, we're a, a personality type that tends to procrastinate, put things off. So if we can start something, if we can just get started on anything, maybe that feels good. There's like a little dopamine rush, dopamine hit of like, hey, I started something. So starting feels good maybe because we procrastinate. Starting also feels good because we're in a culture that celebrates starts. You're celebrated when you start something. So think about this. Um, you want to start a new job, a new career. You, you, maybe you posted, you, you started in real estate last year. Maybe you changed brokerages. New starts like, hey, yeah, great, good, good for you. You're going to do it. And finishes are also celebrated. Like when we did something, when we actually accomplished it. But it's the during where it's pretty quiet and lonely out there. So um, it's easy to start because we procrastinate, we get celebrated for it. Number two, starting is really easy. Starting's easy right now in today's world, which I believe makes it actually easy to quit. If it's easy to start, it's easy to quit. Back in my wakeboarding days, we had this like, idea, this principle that the way that you took off would be the way that you land. So if you're a little off balance, if you're a little heavy on your back foot, heavy on your right foot, that's going to be the way that you, you land. And if you're off balance, you're going to eat it. So the way you take off is the way that you land. Right now, as we're starting this new year, we want to make sure that we start right so that we finish right. And it's not just about New Year's. It's about any project any idea, any strategy, we want to start right um, instead of just try to start easy or start quick. I want you to imagine like a marathon. When we start the marathon, that starting line, 
there's cheers. We're being celebrated. We're back back to the celebration thing. We we start and we take off, and maybe a little bit in our head, we're like, okay, I'm gonna get those cheers again at the finish line because we we celebrate finishes too. The problem with the marathon is you got this the start, the finish, this whole thing in between, this really long period of time where there's no cheers, there's no celebration. It's just you and your mind and your thoughts. And that can be lonely, that can be scary, and that can go, well, I'll just quit this race. Uh, I think there's another marathon coming up in a, six weeks or so. I'll go do that one because those cheers at the starting line, it's pretty nice. Maybe um, I'll just train a little bit harder and come back and try this marathon again late, later. So starting a business is easy online nowadays. You go to GoDaddy, get a domain, uh, set up a website, Wix, Squarespace, maybe on GoDaddy. Getting a license in real estate is pretty easy too. I mean, it's 90 hours in the state of Washington to get your real estate license. That, that's two focus weeks, in my opinion. You just knuckle down, go, okay, for two weeks, I'm going to focus. I'm going to get my real estate license, schedule the exam. Boom. I mean, basically in two to three weeks, you could be a licensed real estate agent. Starting's easy. But now you get started. Now what do you do? Now that you have your license, what do you do? How do you get that first client? How do you start generating leads? So I, I just think that we're, we're looking for those celebrations. We're looking for the overnight successes. As you think about your own starts, as you think about your own journey, uh, where are you at in that process? Where are you at? Are you in that beginning celebration or you're coming to the end of the celebration of something? Or are you in that middle, in that during, in the process where there's not a lot of cheers? I, when I'm talking to real estate agents or, or business people, entrepreneurs in general, there's two questions that I get, and they're usually about starts and finishes. The, the first one is like newbie real estate agents or even experienced agents that wants to know about a um, marketing strategy. Hey, how do I get started with video marketing? How do I start doing Facebook ads? How do I start in real estate? So I'll say, here's, what, here's how you start, but then here's what you need to do. Here's the sequence. Here's the order. Here's how you implement this. Here's how you show up every day. And then that Follow-up question is usually, um, okay, well, how long do I have to do that for? So that's the finish question. I, I don't have to do this forever, right? Isn't there a, a finish line? Can I, can I stop doing it at some time? Um, no, if those, those are the wrong questions, um, you got to love the middle. You got to love the during. You got to love the process. You have to want to do those things. You have to want to show up. It can't just be about the starts and the finishes, the celebrations of, hey, I, I'm, I started and hey, I finished. You gotta love that middle part. So last thought on number two before I get into the third reason, a bunch of starts with quitting just destroys your energy. It just zaps things out of you. I think quitting makes it harder to start the next time and the next time and the next time. And each time, then it becomes a little bit harder to sustain when you do start, which then makes it easier to quit. And then, you know, we just basically, we have this pattern of behavior is created from this. And this is why I just think the idea of fail fast, fail often is rubbish. And it's not just me saying this. There's this Wall Street Journal article. Um, 
Why Entrepreneurs Don't Learn From Their Mistakes. Author is Francis Green. Google this article. Go check this article out. I think there's a, a bunch of great takeaways in it. So some ideas from this article that they write. The idea of fail fast, fail often is somehow that we're going to learn valuable lessons from those lessons, um, from those failures. We're going to learn valuable lessons from those failures and bring them into the next idea, product, or service. But this is a myth. Any evidence of fail fast, fail often are usually specific stories that are cherry-picked of famous entrepreneurs who became successful later. But we're conveniently forgetting the far larger number of entrepreneurs who failed and then we don't hear those stories. See, I think this is just a big trap. The fail fast, fail often. And we fall into that trap because we believe that we are the exception and not the rule. And I'm all for aiming for the exception, but I'm also a believer that you have to follow the rules before you get to break the rules. So let's follow the rules of success. And then when we get to a certain level, then, hey, maybe... Now that we've mastered this, we've mastered the, the basics, the rules, now we can put our twist on it and become the exception to the rules. So for instance, Green writes that the overwhelming majority of studies don't show that failed entrepreneurs specifically are more successful. He backs this up with evidence from European businesses, German startups, Harvard Business School's case study of venture-backed firms. U.S. Journal of Financial Economics found that previously failed entrepreneurs were no more likely to succeed than first-time entrepreneurs. There's no indication that business failure triggers a reflection process, that we look back on mistakes or missed opportunities and adapt our future behavior. We're just not very good at learning from our mistakes. That's basically what it comes down to. We're just not very good at learning from our mistakes. The article says the biggest mistakes that we make is that we look for simple answers and we blame others for our mistakes. We blame, you know, I think my two cents on this is we blame the market. We blame economics. We blame our competition. We blame our clients, our customers for not understanding what it is that we do or the value that we provide. So um, we just, we, we look for, Simple answers, simple solutions, when really things, things are complicated. And we have to accept that. And then we have to take some personal accountability. So what do you really need to succeed? Well, Green shares two things. You need know-how and you need know-who. Know-how and know-who. What I think he's saying here, the, how I would interpret this, is the know-how is you need actual expertise, <laughs> believe it or not, in the thing that you do. And... I'd say the surrounding pieces of that. So not just the service that you provide, uh, the product that you sell, but the marketing, the systems, the operation, the accounting, leadership, all the things that surround it. You need some expertise in that. The know who is you need to know it, it's about who you're connected with. Who has more experience? Who has more expertise? Who can show you the ropes? Who can pave the way for you? Who can show you, here's mistakes I made. Don't make these mistakes. So not just learning from your own mistakes, which we're not very good at, but can you imagine trying to learn from someone else's mistakes? If we're not very good at learning from our own mistakes, why would we ever learn from someone else's mistakes? Well, that's where the know who comes into. We need them to point it out, draw it out, um, be very specific and clear for us about this. And it's not just 
that person showing you. It's about who you're connected to that is your potential client, your potential customer. Do you have enough of them? Do you have enough leads, enough appointments, enough prospects? Do you have a big enough audience, a database, a community that you can engage in so that you can be successful in business? So the two things, your know-how and your know-who, and that basically comes down to experience, expertise, and connections. Do you have enough of that? Do you have enough experience and do you have enough connections? I have a past episode on the Daily Show Up that I think will help you go deeper into this idea. Uh, it's episode 92 called the 999 Wealthy Universes Principles. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'll have the link below. If you're listening, go find episode 92, the 999 Wealthy Universes Principles. And then tune in tomorrow for episode where we're going to cover the worst business planning mistakes that I see real estate agents making. Hey, it's good to be back. Keep showing up. Remember, it's a real knife fight out there. Thanks for showing up. But remember, showing up is only half the battle. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, schedule a level up conversation with Doreen at levelupconversation.com. And remember, keep showing up.